Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, height and school supplies. So there are all different ways in which height can have this this massive impact in our lives. So it affects us sort of, it's a biological phenomenon, but it also affects us psychologically and socially and culturally. Very early human fossils um, show much more robust and taller males than you see today. What these environmental effects on height do is they change the length of your legs. So you, when you get, when, when populations get taller, it's because their legs are getting longer. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest is an expert in something that affects nearly everything around you, your career, your romantic prospects, even your health. This is height researcher, Dr. Luis Barrett. Is height important to us? If it is, why is height so important to us? Well, I think, I think height is important because we are upright, two-legged mammals, and height is one of the first things you notice about someone. You can't help it. And it affects how we treat other people. So there are sort of mate-based preferences. People like to, the men like women to be shorter than, than they are. Women like men to be taller than they are. Um, there are differences in how much you get paid often. There's a sort of height premium. There's a halo effect around height. Taller people are more likely to be paid more. Um, Taller men are more likely to be voted president. So there are all different ways in which height can have this this massive impact in our lives. So it affects us sort of, it's a biological phenomenon, but it also affects us psychologically and socially and culturally. Is it hardwired into us? Like those reasons about being like, okay, this is good nutrition. This is good stock, so to say, right? <laughs> right. Like that makes sense to me if we're going back 500 years, a thousand years, whatever. Mm. Why is it still important to us now? That's a very, that's a very good question. Okay. So the, the, I mean, I don't like the, I don't like the term hardwired because I don't think anything is really hardwired in that way. There's always some flexibility, even when, even with a, a, a trait that's like height, which does have a big genetic component. There's always environmental factors that matter. But, you know, in terms of something that we can't seem to get rid of, I think you're right because the argument in other species is, oh, well, um, larger males are more competitive against other males, so they can, they are going to win more fights and they are going to be better quality and females will prefer them for that reason. They're bigger and stronger. They can defend against predators more effectively, all those kinds of things. That is not happening in your modern day office. Or if it is, I have never been into 
those offices. I don't know where that might happen, but it's not happening on that sense. But clearly, there's something there that we are still tapping into where we are, we are continuing to attribute those kinds of traits and see taller men as more powerful in some way. Now, it might not be in terms of the fact that you might have a fight with them, but clearly those kinds of, we are sensitive to height and we see taller heights as more powerful and we accord more respect to people who are taller. I know this might be really kind of hard to answer, but I'm a numbers person, right? So if we put things on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the most important, like where is height on that scale when we're choosing people to follow or choosing a mate? Like, where would you say it ranks in terms of importance? It's probably, it's probably about a four to a five. It's not, it's, it's, it has some importance, but the reason why I'm kind of hedging there is if you ask people for their preferences, people, you know, people specify height, people choose on the basis of height, they express strong preferences for particular heights. But if you look at actual partnerships, that those those preferences don't pan out in that way. You do not find such hard, you know, hard line preferences in actual couples. There is some assortative mating. So assortative mating is when you you pair up with someone who's very similar to you in various ways, or your or your preferences align. So you can, if you look at people's expressed preferences, there'll be a big difference in like you know the 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 man will want a shorter woman and the woman will want a taller man. But when you look at people who have paired up and you look at real life couples, those differences are much, are much smaller. When we kind of breaking down some of the aspects like that we you've talked about, when we look at careers, how hmm. does height affect somebody's career? There is an effect. I wouldn't say it's like make or break, but certainly people who are taller, people who are men particularly who are taller will tend to have hold higher positions in an organization and they will tend to be paid more in the same way that good looking people the same it's like life is just not fair so good looking people are also more likely likely to be um be paid more there's a there's an there's a premium on attractiveness and there's a premium on height and somehow we're thinking those people are we are attributing the fact that they are tall with some element of their competence somehow that may and that may not actually be true there may be no link between those, but somehow that's that that um, perception is what influences how people are treated in society. Now, when we talk about like the differences in, in salary or differences in promotion, are we talking about little things like, okay, if you're 5'9", you get paid this much. If you're 5'11", you get paid $50,000 more. Are we talking like big differences or kind of little differences? At the end of the day, they probably work out to be quite small effects which is i mean you can you can there will be a difference you can detect it it may well over the long term make a difference and you may you may you know you might speed up your promotion but i don't think you could say there's a fifty thousand dollar difference between being you know two inches taller but um definitely i think if you're i think often what it comes out as as well in a lot of these things when you look at them it's actually um kind of a prejudice against short people shorter men particularly um so being it's not so much being very tall that that matters it's not being very short what would you say is the cutoff where somebody's like okay if you're this size or smaller you're going to start feeling the effects of this about five foot four for a man is it does it apply for a woman at all 
it's less um there's less variation in female height in many ways right so women are not necessarily you know you, you don't get that sort of the the same degree of difference between female height and male height and you also have these things where women tend to be played less anyway you know there's a, there is and that's a big we won't want to go down that road, right? But there is this big argument about a gender gap in pay and that kind of thing. So it makes it harder to tease out these things um, for women. But there's the the effects, and I think most people um, have studied these things in in men because perce- these perceptions of height seem to matter more to men than to to women. Why is there less height variation in women than men? Without going too much into the weeds it's also true if you look at other primates as well um that there's more often more variation in males body size than than female and it's because for females mammals putting energy into reproduction right if you are you have to grow a whole baby in your body and that and the capacity to do that um, is is related to your body size and how tall you are and how wide your pelvis is, but but the benefits of getting much bigger are much less because that means you're putting effort into growth that you could put into reproduction. So you you trade off those two things. So you're more likely to begin reach sexual maturity and be ready to reproduce at a smaller size. And that, yeah. um, whereas for men, because there's this argument that what increases, um, mate success for male mammals and, you know, you know, early humans, the, it's about being a bigger male. You're either more competitive against other males, you can fight them more effectively, or females are more likely to choose you. So then there's, there's greater benefit for, for males of putting more effort into growth. No, I mean, we've kind of talked about stuff that seems to be like perceived, but is there any indication that like, no, actually tall people are, tall people are better? <laughs> there's no, there's, I don't think psychologically there's, there's much evidence for that, but not, you know, not I've come across, but there are, there are um, health differences. So there are um, shorter people are often more likely to experience higher levels of like what they call all-cause mortality. So your risk is higher um, and taller people are more likely to, you know, they are often have better health. But again, it's always like these things are always very complicated because there are you have lower risks of certain conditions. But if you're particularly tall you might be there's some hint that you might be more at risk from certain kinds of cancers and that argument there is just if you have a bigger body you have more cells in your body and there are just more cells that can kind of go you know go haywire and that's what which is what cancer is it's like cell growth getting out of control so if you're taller you might have you might have just a greater chance of certain cancers but otherwise health-wise being taller is is associated with higher levels of health but i I don't know of anything that about cognitive abilities um in that same way so i think a lot of it is just perception have i know we kind of hit on this a little bit but i'll ask this slightly differently have we always been like this or did we kind of like oh we really started to ramp this up (laughs) at a certain point or it's like yeah we've pretty much always been like this when we was when you know early very early human fossils um show much more robust and taller 
males than you see today. And that was associated with, you know, in order to hunt large game, you need to be quite large and powerful. And then you see a, a decline in that as you move towards agriculture and men and women become more similar in size because now you're like agriculture doesn't require as much upper body strength. If you're like, if you're not having to throw a spear and beat something to death, you don't need as much height and upper body strength as you do to like grow food. So I'm sure that there have been these, these differences through time that there have been preferences for, for taller men, but they may have had more to do with physical capacity that might have been more important. I think today you still see the preferences for height, but I don't think they tie into actual differences in capacity and behavior in the same way that they used to. I think it, like you were saying earlier, I think it's perception. Just to kind of clarify something in, in the past, we used to be like men used to be bigger overall, or they just used to be bigger compared to women. So, the human, the fossil records is very interesting, right? So you have Australopithecines, which are from, say, like three million years ago. Like they were, they were very ape-like. They're on the human, they're sort of human ancestors, human cousins. And then when you get to the, to humans, um, as a, as a genera, as a, as a genus, as the, you know, Homo, which is our, the species we belong to, um, when you look at the evolution of species like Homo erectus, they're much, much taller than the Australopithecines, right? So you see that they become we become fully bipedal, i.e. two-legged, we walk around on two legs, we are completely adapted to life on the ground and not life in the trees anymore, and we're big. And both, you know, and, and so if you look in the fossil record, you see large, robust males, and often heights are predicted that could be even taller than you see today in certain populations. Then what happens is we um, invent agriculture and there's this, in, there's this big decline in height because agriculture doesn't um, lend itself to promoting growth and oh, well, early agriculture doesn't prom- lend itself to promoting growth in children as effectively. So you are more likely to have a hungry season because crops can fail is also the time it takes for crops to grow. So you have less food, your nutrition is poorer. And if you live, if you're an agricultural society, you live at higher density. So you're more likely to gain infections and diseases. So all of those things together mean that we, you have this, you know, when you've got human evolution here. So we, we, we're quite tall when we're hunter gatherers. And then the human population drops in height because of, um, moving towards becoming more agricultural. And then now you see what you're on, what we're on now is like an, a trajectory moving towards larger heights again as we've got better nutrition, public health, you know, better medicine, we understand germs. So now we're, we're, we've been increasing in size. So we used to be bigger, then we got smaller, now we're getting bigger again. How did you kind of, how did you get into this? What drew you into this? Um, well, I, I study non-human primates mostly, um, baboons and vervet monkeys. And like I say, and baboons show massive, um, dimorphism between the sexes. So males are twice the size of females. And so I've been very interested in primate behavior. And then I was, uh, I, uh, this is kind of an accident. I was at a conference and I met, um, um, a researcher called Hurt 
Stolp, who's Dutch, and he worked on height. And we just got very interested in looking at human height from an evolutionary perspective in all its dimensions, because he was he was interested in it because um, he's in, interested in, in human behaviour generally. And then I was interested in the contrasts between non-human primates and, and humans. And also, I think when you apply evolutionary theory to people, you can make these very sweeping statements about what's evolved in people and how psychological things have evolved in people. And height to me is a good counterexample to that because although it's something we can measure very easily and we know that it's important and we know understand what promotes height and what makes you um, increases your height what makes you stunted these kinds of things we still don't there's still like large gaps in our knowledge and we have to be very careful about how we interpret them so it's a good case study in being so like even though we know all this stuff about height we still have to be very very careful and this is one of the best known human traits that we have. So when you're talking about other things, other kinds of things that people do, it shows you that we need to be quite cautious about how we decide what humans, what, what human, what's natural for humans, what human nature is. Because even when it's something obvious like height, where there are still big gaps in our knowledge and things that we don't know. And so we need to, you can use it to illustrate the benefits of an evolutionary approach to understanding humans but also why we need to be cautious and not go too mad with our interpretations that's not really what we do like as humans (laughs) that's not really what we do (laughs) no no it's a fool's errand that i'm engaged in but yeah right like we kind of do the exact opposite to be honest (laughs) are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions absolutely that would be great is height really that important for women or do men just think it's really important for women in like dating area the thing about in the in the sort of dating arena is men want women who are shorter than them but they don't really care that much right there's not it's not so strong and women want men who are taller than them but they don't necessarily want them too tall so there's there so so often you get so often as you get, a married man i am used to this conundrum yes <laughs> right? so you I want, want this you, thing but not too much of it. so part of the reason why it doesn't seem like it may be so important for women is it's just much easier for women to find a, a, a mate that they prefer in this domain because most men are taller than most women um so it's only at the extremes so if you're a very short man or a very tall woman then your height preferences can can be a bit of a problem because you your your dating pool is just that much smaller. But I think once people actually get to know each other, those things, these things don't necessarily don't necessarily feature that strongly. Right. But does it rule people out? Like like in terms of like the dating apps, does it automatically seem to be? Is it strong enough of a drive that it automatically rules somebody out? Like if somebody is looking for. I want this person with this, this, and this, but they're not six foot. Like, does it rule people out more with dating apps? I think, I think it kind of does because it's one of the ways that people use height as a filter. So it is ruling some people out in a way that's not, it may be kind of counterproductive. You know, you just have this preference. You, and it may well be that you're trading on these perceptions we have about tall people and tall men in particular 
that you say you want someone who's six foot because you also imagine that they're going to be successful, they're going to have a good, better job, they're going, do you know all these things that you think go along with height that may or may not be true? And so you're, you are ruling some people out if you specify this. And apparently that's what people do. They, particularly women, they use height as a massive filter when they're putting together profiles and choosing people on dating apps. But it seems like maybe that's a somewhat counterproductive way to go about things, given that we, there's, you know, the relationships are there, but they're not particularly strong. How many people lie about their height? Is there any statistics on how many people lie about their height? I don't know any of, I don't know any. I would be very interested to know that. I think, because I think it, I, in my impression is people do lie about their height, which I find very interesting because presumably you're going to meet these people at some point and then they will know. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Stand, stand on a box all the time and, you know, never show your legs or something. I don't know. I, I, so yes, people do, um, say that they're and and i mean you see it sometimes where you people will say i you know they they will say what height they are and you think you are never that tall like you're either completely misled about how long a foot is or you know you're lying here and you imagine the rest of us can't see it but it's a funny thing i think people do overestimate their heights often i have a theory that pretty much every guy is about an inch to two inches shorter than he actually says he is I think that's definitely true. So I know there are no, I have no hard data on it, but my, my experience in the world is that happens all the time. Well, if everybody lies, it becomes the truth, right? Eventually at some point. <laughs> um, I like this. This one's kind of funny, but is anyone actually 5'11? Asking because <laughs> no one who is 5'11 would actually say they're six, would actually say 5'11, they would be six foot. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, there are lots of people who are five foot eleven because all the blokes who are five foot nine are saying they're five foot eleven. That's the truth. That is exactly <laughs> the truth, right? Like, there's not a single five eleven person in any dating app. I can promise you. Yeah. That, right. Um, oh, this one's kind of interesting to me, right? Do you think that Zoom could change all this? Because you can't really tell how tall somebody is. No, no, no. So that's true. But there's a researcher at um, the University of, An University of St. Andrews in Scotland called David Perrett, who's done a lot of work on facial perception in humans. And he had a student who looked at people's faces and showed this. And when, I, I can't remember if they ever kind of worked out precisely what it was about the facial configuration, but you can predict how tall someone is from some aspect of their face. Oh, I don't feel like, okay, can we, can we try this? I'm a terrible <laughs> judge of height. How tall do you think that I am? 5'11". <laughs> I am exactly, because I was measured for life insurance, 5'8 and 3 quarters. 5'8 five five eight eight and 3 quarters. Right. Does that mm -hmm. seem about right, like looking at it? I would say yes. I mean, obviously, I've got, I'm not going to say no, am I, now. I'm going to obviously right. want to like, flatter myself for what a great judge of height I am. I, I mean, I would say, I would say yes. And I the reason I would say that is because of your shoulders rather than your face. But yeah. the interesting thing is there's, um, like, when you see secular trends in height, like people get taller with each generation, and it happened after the Second World War, particularly in Japan, when they started drinking a lot of milk, 
and it changes the what what these environmental effects on height do is they change the length of your legs so you when you get when when populations get taller it's because their legs are getting longer so there's a sense in which i find it interesting as as to whether you can like if how good this effect is of being able to spot people's height from something like just looking at their head and shoulders on zoom because because some people have very long torsos and so do you know what i mean you you, yeah yeah, it throws it off so you can actually like sitting down you can be you would look the same height and then if you stand up you suddenly notice the difference so country or area that seems to care about height the most country that doesn't seem to care that much um or regions of the world like whatever you you know however they're mostly in western europe and america that's where people care um certain in certain african populations like there's a there's a population of people called the hadza they don't seem to care much about height in terms of make preferences and how they um deal with people but there is generally speaking across most societies there is this phenomenon of like the big man right it's you know there are that's what it's literally called in anthropology like big men are seen as leaders so in that sense you know in in that domain there is a lots of people across the world care about height in terms of who do you want to be the leader of your group and who do you want to have authority but in terms of dating preferences it's much more flexible and you you know and it's mostly western europe where people and america where people seem north america where people seem to care about these things for somebody that maybe is self-conscious about it Mm. like what would you say to them um i think if you're self-conscious about your height you have to recognize that what we're picking up on is not just height in and of itself because you're always behaving in the world so it's about your confidence how you're coming across so if you can walk with the confidence of, a, of someone who's six foot if you will you will not be perceived immediately you might be well you will be perceived as a short person but all the kind of negative things that might go along with that won't won't affect you because you're giving off different vibes so i think that, that that's the thing to remember is it's just one facet of what we're picking up about people so if you can move through the world easy with yourself and and confident in your and happy in your body other people will pick that up too and so you can so i think it can be like these self-fulfilling prophecies that you're self-conscious about your height you behave in a way that gives off these vibes about that height and other people pick up on that and start seeing you in terms of your height and the, and associating it with these particular behaviors when they didn't need to and if you were just way more outgoing and walked through the world differently it wouldn't it wouldn't people wouldn't necessarily pick up on that act as if act as if yeah that's pretty much all the questions we got is there anything else that we think that we missed or anything like that no no i don't i don't think so i think the only thing i would say is you know like i said these effects are there but they're not massively drastic and so if you're not happy with your height i just wouldn't worry about it too much you're you're going you're probably going to have a happy life even if you're <laughs> even if you're a short man or a tall woman it's not that it ultimately all shakes out in the end so i wouldn't put too much weight on the, on these things i want to thank dr barrett so much for joining us if you want to connect with her we have included her information in the episode description and we have also linked to her on our social media sites we're profoundly pointless on tiktok threads Instagram, and YouTube. 
and the YouTube version of this episode will be live on August 10th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Do you feel like you are biased against people based on their height? I'm going to say no, but probably. I will say I'm probably biased more on people's hair color than I am height. Hmm. I'm biased against people's overall kind of demeanor. <laughs> not necessarily like not their height, not their weight, not their higher color, not even necessarily their overall attractiveness, but how they carry themselves. If I see somebody that doesn't carry themselves very well, like they don't seem like they move with confidence, that's probably where I do most of my judging. Uh, you know, movement, uh, body posture is a big one for me. You know, how you walk, how you carry yourself, how you eat. eat eating's a big one, even though I eat like a, uh, a caveman, but uh, still. What do you mean how you eat? You know, like, I, f- for instance, if I'm out to eat with somebody, uh, whether it's a professional dinner or whatever, uh, or even with friends, and they hit their teeth with the, the fork, it's game mm. over. I can't help but say something. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't know if I have anything like that, that if somebody does that, it's just an immediate, like, oh, I don't like that person. Mm-hmm. Besides, besides a handshake with a man and he gives you a limp handshake, I don't have anything else like that if they do that. I don't know what to do when I get a limp handshake. I kind of just go with it. I almost yeah, turn you, limp myself. You kind of have to. That, and that's, I think, why it bothers you so much, is that you have to return the limpness with limpness. And then not only does your estimation of them drop, but your feelings about yourself drop as well. It really kind of takes both of you down, which is why it bothers people so much, I think. And as it should. Limp handshakes are terrible. So wait, what do you mean that you judge people by their hair color? Like, what's your favorite hair color? What's your least favorite hair color? I mean, anytime you see a ginger, you're like, oh, boy. Oh, geez. Um, I don't really think that about gingers, necessarily. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I say this half kidding, but also there are... Just like anything in life, there are stereotypes around, you know, like blonde-haired women, ginger men, you know, uh, certain, certain. I don't want to say classes, but because um, that's not the right word, but, you know, certain kinds of hairstyles or hair colors. I mean, and for all of you out there that are thinking that I'm an asshole, we, you know you think the same thing sometimes. Yeah, everybody judges. The only thing that kind of throws me off about hair color is if it's very brightly colored in different ways. You know what I mean? Like if they've got a lot of hair color that's going on up there, that's usually signifying to me that like, okay, there's going to be something, right? Like you're gonna, they're going to be an intense person. I mean, nowadays, because everybody has them, uh, tattoos are pretty easy, judgeable. I mean, you know, I I don't think I've ever had a conversation with somebody that has a face tattoo where they weren't or, or didn't serve some kind of prison time. I don't know anybody with a face tattoo. Do you know anybody with a face tattoo? Uh, not, well, does like uh, upper neck count, like almost to the cheek? Back of the neck, side of the neck, or front of the neck? This would be front and side. Front, pretty so very noticeable, right? Yes. Like not necessarily covered up by the. Yeah, I would feel like that counts. It's not quite the same level, but it's like right there. Like you should have just gone all the way and gone into the face, but and there are flames, which make them even worse. 
that's gonna yeah it's like what are you doing brian you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a really good resume (laughs) right i'm still to have a really good resume i'm still under the impression and this is probably wrong but if you have uh like facial tattoos or piercings that are extravagant uh I, i i don't know how you get a job I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, and I, once again, I don't say that like being a dick. Uh, I just, what professional company is going to want you to represent them when you have a, a, you know, a barcode tattooed on your face? I am a person who in the past has been a hiring manager. And I would say that, well, I've never had anybody that did that. I mean, (laughs) I've never had someone that had like a tattoo or just a really noticeable kind of thing where you're like, Oh, it's a whole rant. I have a whole rant on it, but I'll save it because it's probably ignorant. Do you want to go to your? Do you want to do your WrestleMania wrap up? <laughs> it was SummerSlam. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Sure, SummerSlam. I, I, I can. I'll keep it brief. Uh, you know what? I've never really understood. I still don't know the difference between semifinals and quarterfinals. Which one is like farther, or closer to winning the whole thing? Do you do the quarterfinals first and then the semifinals, or is it semifinals and then quarterfinals? No, it's it's always semifinals and then final. But when are the quarterfinals? Those are before the semis. Quarter just seems like it's semi should be better than semi. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Semi like it's almost the finals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Anyways, okay. my uh Russell or my oh my god, my SummerSlam wrap up. Uh, let's see for the actual event itself. Can we, can we do something? I, I know can you make every, can you, can you make it rhyme in some way? Like have it like <sighs> went to see the Hulk. He had a lot of bulk I mean, slammed him. I can't, that'd be basically impossible if you can do it. I mean, I can try. No one's going to want to hear this, but for your pleasure, I can try to do it. Summer slam the event itself was okay. WWE puts on a live experience like no other production company in the world. Comma, if you're missing, if you haven't been to a WWE event and you're not even a fan, you should go at least once in your lifetime because the event will blow you away. I was a little let down by the city of Detroit. As most people are. My letdownness was because I stayed in Greek Town, which is right next to Ford Field. And if I was somebody coming in from out of town, I would have felt intimidated by the fact that there were four to eight Detroit police officers on every street corner. And there was metal detectors that you had to walk through to get to a downtown part of the city. That is a weird thing, right? Like if you have so much security... It both makes you feel a little bit safe and like something might happen. That's just like, wait a minute, why are there so many people here? Like, yeah, I just. Why is the army here with a tank? <laughs> we should probably we should leave. But yeah. you like the event itself. You had a good time. Did you make a fool of yourself? I did, and and once again, good, and good, good. I know this is over six senses now, but nobody puts on a live event like the WWE. They are masters of their craft. You can say what you will about the actual action itself. But I mean, when I'm when I'm here telling you that Logan Paul is a bona fide wrestler and I would pay money to just see him wrestle, something's wrong. Uh, the only real disappointment for me was uh, no no Rock, no Dwayne Johnson. 
when all the indicators were that he would be here um, or there, I guess, in Detroit. Uh, but other than that, great times. Won some money at the casino, which was nice. Uh, drank way too much whiskey the night before. Nice. And good, uh, good, good. yeah, it, it was good. It was it was all good. And for our international listeners, by the way, WWE does all kinds of events around the world. So if you if they're within you know a certain mileage of you, I'm telling you, you should check it out. It's, it'd be worth your time. I do feel like, even though I'm not a wrestling fan, I do feel like that would be an interesting thing to see at least one time. On on a scale of one to five, it's real to me. Damn it. How many It's Real to Me's are you giving it? Well, I'm going to break it down. For the actual event, for the continuation of the storylines, the soap opera, uh, I'll give it three and a half. For environment and just being there, five, eight, ten. Um, wow. Yeah. That good, huh? Okay. For okay. the city okay. and what they did, a five. I mean, you know, 30, 40, 60, 80 million back into the economy, you know, like fantastic so yeah so it, it was it was it was great great times i mean i i don't regret it okay all right let's go let's do some shout outs shout out time 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 all right let's see we'll start with max mcconnell not to be confused with mitch mcconnell who still staring off into space uh clayton ducart tamara page uh amanda jeffrey by the way, that McConnell joke was pretty funny. Uh, Lindsey Farmer. James L. Miller. I like a good middle initial. That kind of is strong, and I feel like L is one of those letters. J-L-M. Is that alphabetical? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Oh, if you had a K in there. Definitely. Uh, K, uh, Casey. Corey Schroeder. Z- Corey with a C? Corey with a K? Uh, Corey with a C. It's the right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Drew Armheim, John Martin, Evelyn Brewer, and I'm going to end with Theo Paggi. And I'm not entirely sure I'm saying the last name correctly. It's P-O-G-G-I. So I think it's Paggi. P-O-G-G-I? Poggi? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I like the name Theo. I like an Evelyn. It's a classic old, that's like a classic modern name. We're Americans, man. All we say is Poggy or Pogi. Pogi. Like the fish. All right, you ready for some fact or fiction? Okay, all right, okay. Week five. I want you to know I went four for four last time, by the way. No, you went two for four, didn't you? No, I didn't. I went four for four. Okay. Well, you know what? Now is what, what matters. Okay, all right. I agree with that. All right, let's start off with this one. Profoundly pointless fact or fiction. Uh, blue whales eat half a million calories in one mouthful. I mean, that seems like an inc- half a million. So that's like 500,000. No, I think that's probably a little bit too much. That would be my guess. Starting off on a terrible note. That is true. How many? Oh, man. Uh, In a mouthful? I don't know how the hell this is measured, by the way. But apparently, uh, it's 450,000 calories. You know, that's not half a million. It's close. It's close. No, I think that was incorrect phrasing on the question. See, see. 
Uh, for those of you just listening to this, you're going to hear probably every uh, question I ask or bring up today. Well, wait a minute. How did you phrase the entry of the question? You said, blue whales eat half a million calories a day. And I said, no. So they don't. They eat 450,000, which is not half a million. Thank you. Right? <sighs> Once again, that's not half a million. I'm sorry. If we're going to be sticklers on facts, then let's be sticklers on facts. 450 is not 500. We'll call it a wash. We'll call it correct on me. We'll, you said, do they eat half a million? And I said, no, they don't. And then you said they eat 450,000, which is not half a million. You know what? How many Nick Vinzans would that be? That's what I want to know. 500? I don't know. I mean, well, a calorie, each pound is, <laughs> eat, a pound is 3,500 calories. I know that. So take, I can't do that. Man. Yeah, let's, let's just move on. Uh, 75 times 3,500. Fact or fiction? Chimps have more hair than humans. I bet we have the same amount of hair. Uh, no, actually. We have between, and by we, I mean humans, have between two and five million hair follicles, uh, which is uh, just about two and a half percent more than what chimps have per National Geographic. Hmm. I mean, I could pick that one apart, too, if you really wanted me to, right? Like, that's a huge difference in the number of hairs. So a chimp could have just as many hairs or less hairs than we have, right? Like, two to five million. Well, that's a huge difference. I think I, I think you have a lot of uh, – you love just picking it apart, don't you? I like to be factually correct is what I'm saying, right? Like, I think that you round things up, right? Like, eventually, that's how the game telephone is. Whole message is different by the end of it. All right. Well, this is going well. Uh, fact or fiction? The pound sign isn't actually called a hashtag or a pound sign. It's called a pound sign. No. What's it called? Its technical name is an octothorpe. Huh. An octo means eight to refer to the points. Uh, though ah. reports will disagree where Thorpe came from. Some claim it was after Olympian Jim Thorpe, while others argue it is just a nonsense suffix. But it is known as an octothorpe. I think that that's probably the pound sign is a little bit. I never understood how they got pound sign off of that. Like, that doesn't seem like pound in any way. I mean, I have no idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I... I I feel like this one might be too easy, but we're... we're... Which, which one are you more of a fan, fan of pressing, pound sign or star? I'm not really a fan of either. I will tell you that I press star more than I press pound. I'm more of a fan of a star because I know exactly which one that one is, right? Like if somebody says star, I'm like, okay, I know exactly which one that one is. If it's pound, I have to think about it for a second. I'm more of a fan of pound, star sign than pound. I just use star more than I use pound. <laughs> remember when you could like do star six nine and call people back <laughs> yeah i don't think our younger audience would know that at all but if somebody called you on a landline which john has a landline so he can still do that you could do like star six nine and it would call them immediately call them right back there's all these tricks that you could do here's the Incredible. thing is is you keep giving me crap about my landline someday it's gonna save my life might save your life it might, yeah. You never know. Like, who, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe you're gonna call me one day 
You're choking on a cookie, and I don't answer my cell, so you call my house number, which I, I don't call even think you Well, have. you're not going to answer that either. Yeah, probably not. Right. <laughs> I just like making fun of the landline because it's ridiculous that you have it. How much do you pay a month for it? Oh, like 30 bucks. Did you pay $30 for a landline? I mean, it's expensive. That's $360 a year. Anyways, last one. How long have you had it? How long have you had it? I mean, since I moved into this house, so six years. Man, that's like $2,500 or something like that, right? $360, let us see if that's six years. That's like $2,000 you've wasted on your landline. Think about that. I don't... Think about that. I don't think of it as a waste. When's the last time you used it? What if all the cell towers just, you know, what if the aliens officially attack? I don't... You're going to have bigger problems. (laughs) Who are you going to call? Other people with landlines. Do you know their numbers? <laughs> Only my mother-in-law. So there, you had you spent two thousand dollars. To call my mother-in-law. You spent two thousand dollars over the last decade, uh, half decade, to be able to call your mom. Oh, that's my nice. mother-in-law. You're, you're, you're such a sweet guy. John is a sweet man. Thank you. <laughs> he is a sweet man. Appreciate that. Uh, last uh, last question here. Coffee comes from beans. Well, I mean, it has to, right? Like, they're coffee beans, so otherwise this is a huge scam, but it's probably false because some there's something that, like, some trick in the question. So I'm going to go with false. No, you are wrong. Uh, so they're advertised as coffee beans. However, the name doesn't actually make any sense since coffee comes from the pit inside of the coffee fruit. If we were being accurate, we should call them coffee seeds. Well, didn't I say no? That it was probably fake because it had to be some trick. Yeah, but that doesn't count. You were only saying that. You said that it probably was true, but then you're like, eh, it probably is, you know, because. It's probably something along those lines where it's like a technicality. And I feel like this is a technicality. Like they're not beans, even though we call them beans. I mean, listen, if it is a technicality, people have been on these the last few weeks. They will tell me or you or us. That it is technically correct. Yeah, I mean, they like, what is the thing, right? Like, if everybody thinks the red truck is blue, perception is reality. If I think that they're a bean, they're beans. And if you come in here and say, hey, you got any coffee fruit? Like, no. Do you remember? Get out of here. That scene out of Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey? No, the, never seen God that. Goddamn pen is blue. <laughs> Underrated, underrated actor, at least in like the mid to mid nineties to late nineties, I think. He's one of the actors that was incredibly famous and then kind of like disappeared. Well, I feel like he tried There's to become a, a real actor and he got shut out. He couldn't couldn't sell movies good where you had to act. He was a good actor. He had some good ones. I think that he just kind of went off on like a weird tangent about him. Like, he tried to make his artsy movies, and people weren't into his artsy movies. Well, didn't he also, uh, he got with Jenny McCarthy back then, too, and lockdown. Yeah, man. that's a whole thing. Which? Yeah. I don't know about that, but he did something. Yeah, well, we all did something. Oh, we've all done something. Okay, are you ready for our top five? I am. Or we're going to go back to school, I think. Back to school, baby. Top five school supplies. What's your number five? <laughs> Uh, so this has to be uh, specific, but my number five is a mechanical pencil. Don't give me any of that number two crap or, or pens. Give me a good mechanical pencil with some .07 lead. 
I never understood the mechanical pencil. I never understood the kid who had the mechanical pencil, right? Like, oh, you, who are you, Mr. Fancy Pants? You can't write with a regular pencil. The regular pencil's not good enough. You got to go get a mechanical one. Oh. And it seemed like more of a pain in the ass because you had to fill it up all the time. Like, if you just lost a pencil, you just lost it. You just got another one. But then it's a big deal if you lose a mechanical pencil. Here's my problem with number two pencils is that you always, like, you either have to, have to sharpen them every, like, five minutes or they become dull. You don't get the crispness uh, that you do a mechanical pencil for as long. But you got to change it out anyway. Change what out? You got to change out the lead in the mechanical pencil. That's not right? hard. So Take off the eraser, dump some in the, the tube, and you're good to go. Isn't it the same problem, though, ultimately, that you're just going to have to be clicking the thing all the time? It's fine. Clicking used to be cool, if you remember that. Yeah, but then if you could sharp sharpen the pencil, then you could go up and, like, you could take a break in class. It's like, I got to sharpen my pencil. No, I don't know what pencil you you're sharpening. Pencil sharp- you could be at the pencil sharpener for, like, two or three minutes. What kind of pencil sharpener you prefer? Like, an automatic? Were you one of those roto guys, you know, or the old school ones? No, my favorite kind of pencil sharpener is the one that was like bolted to the wall. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Where yeah, you had to like physically crank one. it, right? Right. Like it wasn't, you weren't responsible enough to have it on like the teacher's desk or a desk <laughs> somewhere because you couldn't like hold it down and sharpen it. It had to be like bolted to the wall. Yeah, you know, Mr. Murphy, he hated that when you got pencil shavings on his carpet. Don't do that. That's do where it. we are as a society and an educational system is that, like, we're supposed to be educated, but we have to bolt the pencil sharpener to the wall because otherwise people are going to fuck it up. They are going to fuck it up. <laughs> Absolutely fuck it up. My number five, I don't think it gets any credit. I don't think it deserves a lot of credit, but it is a staple of school, and that is the Kleenex boxes. Everybody has to have the Kleenex boxes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of lame to me, uh, but it's it's fine. It's it is what it oh, is. Oh, it's lame, right? But then when everybody's sneezing in the classroom and you don't have any Kleenex boxes, that is the one school supply that is for the good of the whole class. Yeah, but you're not there for the good of the whole class. You're there to learn, right? But you can't learn if everybody's sick. All that kind of stuff. Uh, what's your number four? So I don't expect a lot of people to get this, or maybe I do, but uh, it is Elmer's glue. But it's the blue kind that you could, like, see through. It almost looked like water. It was fantastic. I'd have, like, eight bottles to start off every school year. What is your family doing with your school supplies? <laughs> this is the thing. This is where it started. This is where your beer snobbery and your music snobbery and all that Gosh. snobbery started was with school supplies. Which isn't true, by the you way, gotta, for you John, listening for the first John's time. John's got to have a mechanical pencil. John, do you want the clear? Do you want the regular glue that everybody else has? No, I need the fancy clear glue. I love the. I love the. Clear this is glue. where your snob. Glue. This is where your snobbery started. What's your number In four, Napoleon? Procrastor. No, wait. What is it called? A protractor. You knew that you were getting into some fancy stuff when you had to get like the protractor and the little compassy thing. I don't know if that's also called a protractor, but it's like this, and then you spin it around. So my number three is the TI-82 calculator. Oh, the graphing calculator. Oh, man. Right? And you could make, like, little words on it, like, you know, hell yeah. or ass. like or Boobs. Boobs. Can you, can you still do boobs on the calculator if you need to? Yeah, 60065. Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember any other ones? Hell was, like, 7344. No, a seven three one one, I think. For hell? Oh yeah, because yeah. it'd be L's. Mm-hmm. I put two H's. 
Yeah, that yeah. was always fun. That was, yeah. And it, like, if you were smart enough, you could download games through, on, through AOL that took an yeah. hour and a half to download, like one seven millibyte game or something. I remember being in John Truex's house, a friend of mine in like seventh or eighth grade, and that was the first time that you could get like nude images on the internet. <laughs> and we like downloaded one, but then had to come back like two hours later. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, look at this for sure. Uh, what's your number three? That was my number three. Oh, my number three is it going to be a sleeper pick? I don't think that people have maybe have thought about this necessarily, but I realized this when looking at it. My number three is an index card. If you had the kid in class who brought the index cards, you knew that they were going to study. They were the person that you probably wanted to sit next to and cheat off of. Or they were the person that you wanted on your group project. The kid with an index card was like a massive sign that that was the kid that you wanted to be like, okay, they're actually going to try here. <laughs> Never thought that, ever. And I, I don't recall ever seeing any index cards at my school, but I'm sure well, kids have I've, them. You never had somebody with index cards that would like write the answers? Like, what is this? Like, boron. No. Number, whatever. No. The only one I remember is iron, which is like F-E. Like, F-E, iron. <laughs> yeah, that's... Boron. It's probably the B, actually, now that I think about it. Let's not quiz each other on the periodic uh, element table. How many elements? Can you name seven elements right now? Oh, God. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> Can you name seven elements? Oxygen. Yeah? Okay. Oh, can I name them? Uh, yeah, just name. I think I can name them more more than give you the the symbol. Um, oh yeah, carbon. Okay, you got two. Iron. Yeah. Sulfide. Sulfate. I don't think that's one, bro. Uh, Makes you still at three. Oh God. Um, <laughs> can I phone a friend? Uh, no, there's like a hundred, and we can't name. No, I mean, hold on, gold. Yeah. Silver. Yeah. Two more. Nickel? I don't know. This is so I don't know. I sound so terrible. Um, I haven't thought about the uh, carbon. Did I say carbon already? You already got carbon. Um, do you have any? <laughs> uh, come on, dude. You got to be able to get No, I, I don't I, look them up. I should be. Um, Magnesium? Yeah, dude. One more. Helium? Yeah. The ones I was thinking of was like uh, nitrogen, nice. zinc, aluminum. I mean, I'm not even like, oh, tungsten, my ring, tungsten. Oh, is that nice or is that cheap? Uh, I mean, I think it's just sturdy. It's not, it's not expensive or nice. It's just it's just sturdy. You needed, you looked at some rings and you were like, you know what? Steel is just not going to cut it for me. I need something harder than steel. No, not me. It was all my wife. Okay. All right. Uh, More are coming to me now that I think about it. But like, yeah. Yeah. Like like easy ones, like calcium, things like that. But okay, I'm not going to okay. get like the barinium or... or, or hal- plutonium. Yeah, well, plutonium. Uranium. I mean, look, at together we've already named like half of them. So we're doing well. I think there's like 100 and something. Uh, what's your number two? <laughs> Uh man, this is where it gets tough. Yeah, I want to. Well, I think it actually gets easy. I want to. Uh, 
All right, this could be interchangeable. For my number two, I'm just going to go uh, just a notepad. This is paper. Okay. Okay. I think that you got that a little bit low. My number two is crayons. Oh, see, I don't have crayons, markers, colored pencils. I don't have any of those on my list. Well, obviously, it's crayons number one, markers number two, and colored pencils number three, and that if you were going to rank those. I would go colored pencils, markers, crayons. Oh, you're just a pencil man then. You're god dang right. Call I am. Pencil dick. <laughs> pencil dick. Uh, uh, my number one is a trapper keeper. Okay, that sets the stage for everything else that's inside the trapper keeper, yeah, right? It's and once again, I, I I guess do they even sell them anymore? Because today's generation would have no idea how cool it was to get a new trapper keeper. Who was your go-to trapper keeper? What'd you have on there? I didn't. I had the like the five star, like just black one, you know, right? With like the That's six the pockets. Right That's the right answer. Yeah. Right. Don't put. Don't. When you're gonna get a nice trapper keeper, you keep it clean. Got keep it clean. Keep it classic. Spot right? for the condoms. Spot for the coke. Let's go. I wonder if people ever put like drugs or. <laughs> I know they have. I didn't do it, but I've I've seen people do it in school before. You had people who had condoms and. Cocaine and their trapper keepers. At no, not school? cocaine. Weed, though. You know, joints and stuff. That's not a great place to keep it if you think about it, <laughs> right? Like, what was the point of putting it in there? Just put it in your pocket. If you were a like, if no you were a high school hiding. teacher, would you even like care? Would you just be like, "That's impressive, kid. Just don't smoke it on school grounds." If you got condoms in your trapper keeper, no weed, not condoms. I mean, like, you'd have to care. Like, you probably don't want to, like, let that slide. <laughs> Even if you have, if you're personally okay with it. Like, you got to kind of report that. Like, if kids are in a fist fight in your room, even if they really, like, you got to, like, you got to tell somebody. I get it. I get it. it. Yeah, right. I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, he just punched him in the face. No big deal. Uh, my number one is a notepad, or actually a notebook, because yeah. you could get multiple notebooks. And I would have a different notebook, I think, for... For each day, we had different days. Like you went to these classes this day and these classes that day. Oh. I may have even had a different notebook notebook for each subject in high school. Oh, I was so bougie because you had different notepads for everything. Yeah, dude, I like to keep it organized. Fair enough. And have a trapper keeper, right? A trapper keeper was way more expensive. You could easily get seven to eight notebooks for the price of one trapper keeper. Oh, easily, easily. So really, I was actually being cheap. I wonder what. Hold on, I want to see what a trapper keeper costs today if they even make them still 16.99 let's see here all right guess how much is it target has a five star trapper keeper how much how much oh this can't be right 10.99 no way it seems a little cheap that's a little bit less than i thought it would be yeah that that's like the ch- oh well it looks like they are around ten to fifteen dollars still okay good for them good for trapper okay, keeper man okay how much are notebooks I remember being like ninety nine cents oh yeah you can get them I mean I just walked by a stand the other day at Meyer where they were like eighty nine cents a thing a college deal. ruled r- wide ruled what are you going with college ruled don't come in here with wide ruled no I was I was a wide ruled kind of guy well I don't have anything to say. Nothing nice to, to say, though I can still fit in one seat at Ford Field, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Did you ever fit in two? No. Have you ever had to buy two seats or something? Never. 
My bottom half isn't that. that big. That's the problem. Yeah, you are built like a pear. Yes, my. I mean, and I haven't changed in in a decade, so I'm still still a pear. That's good. What's in your honorable mention? Uh, some sticky notes, good like a post-it note, like those you know are good. Okay. That you seem. I don't know why you would have those as a high school kid because like... you're passing notes to your future Mrs. Scholl. Oh, I guess I was left out of that. That's not surprising. That's left out of that. Uh, a state. I would just rip off paper from the notebook. A stapler, rem- a staple remover. Had to have one. Of those oh my god! In case you made a mistake, you know, and stapled something wrong, <laughs> which happened a lot. Uh, and then a ruler, just a, but like one of those cool rulers. Like you had to have not like like maybe like a clear one, not like you know the the tan half fake wood ones that they give you. Oh yeah, no, I could go with like the brightly colored plastic. I'm that to me is an acceptable ruler color. But if you had like the old school wooden one, like that was not fun. No. It's kind of a lame no, one. Break it in half, then you get suspended. What? Uh, what's in your honorable mention? Oh, uh, backpack. I think you need a good backpack. Good backpack. Yeah. Man, did you go one shoulder, two shoulder? I've always, I, I still carry a backpack into work every day, and I'm, I'm a one shoulder guy. Okay. I still carry a backpack into work when I didn't work remotely, but I was a two shoulder man, as the good Lord intended. I ever tell you about the good Lord? No, no. Yeah, no. What One shoulder, man. One shoulder. It's- Two shoulders. Two shoulders leaves both hands free. You're not prepared, right? How are you going to protect the drugs in your trapper keeper if you don't have both hands free? It's the condoms I was worried about. Ah, uh, uh, tape? I don't think I really had any tape. Yeah, I was okay with markers. Markers means you were moving up in the little bit world a little bit. If you were going to get a box of crayons, like how many did you get? Did you get the 8, 16, 32, 64? 64, all day. Don't come at me with Man. that bullshit where I got like maybe a brown. I got three colors of brown, all right? Man, you see, that's what I mean. Maybe this is where it started for you. I only had like 16. Maybe I got a 32 on my birthday. Well, in kinds, it's my senior, senior year. See. <laughs> Happy birthday, son. Here's a 32-pack of crayons. It's like, Dad, I'm 18. Well, then you can move out. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a quick review. We really appreciate it. It really helps out the show. And let us know what you think are some of the best school supplies. I really think that... This pattern of snobbery in John's life can be traced back to his earliest days in school. Mechanical pencils, special glue, lots of crayons and markers and colored pencils. He's just been pampered his whole life, and he's used to it now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.